Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we pray now for a special sense of the presence of Jesus with us. We ask for both the grace and the truth that he offers, and we pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please help us to be instruments of your will, that we might serve you and understand your truth for these last days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. This is a 30-minute news radio broadcast covering all of the various topics that relate to biblical themes as we see them unfolding all around us today in our world in the news headlines this week. And biblical themes, Bible prophecy, religious liberties, themes that affect the family, our health, you name it. And a lot of the news we cover, like this headline, 700 homicides in Chicago in 2016. Yes, you heard that right. A lot of the information about what's happening in this earth that is wasting old as a garment, it's sad, degrading, things are falling apart to a great extent. 700 homicides in Chicago in just one year. That's just one city. That's a 56% increase over against 2015. And then you've seen literal destruction in the form of the wildfires raging across Tennessee in the last week or so. Earthquakes in Oklahoma, wildfires in Tennessee. What's next? I mean, you think of wildfires as being a a Western phenomenon in the West half of the country. Earthquakes being on key fault lines, but not Oklahoma. It relates to this interesting headline from CNN. Statue of Jesus, only thing left standing in the house burned by Tennessee wildfire. That was a CNN headline. Statue of Jesus was the only thing left standing in a house that was burned by the Tennessee wildfire. Now, I'm not big on statues and bowing down before graven images. I believe in the second commandment. But isn't it an interesting analogy for what will stand after the destruction, after the wasting away of everything on this earth that is of the world, of the devil, that is meaningless? When Jesus comes, none of that will survive. So these these wildfires and the increasing intensity and frequency and diversity in in the locations of all of these various natural disasters, they are a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, but in themselves many times they become the greatest analogy for the final events, like what it says in 2 Peter 3. That statue of Jesus was standing, the only thing standing, listen to this, it says in 2 Peter 3 verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing that 
Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye be in all holy conversation and godliness? And there's a convicting scripture right there. It confronts us with the fact that, okay, you're aware that Jesus is coming soon and that this world will literally burn up all those things that are not of God, then how shall we live? It says in verse 11, holy godliness, holy conversation. Verse 12 of 2 Peter 3 says, looking for and hastening, hasting, quickening, speeding unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So it's saying, if all this world is going to be destroyed, well, we live holy and godly lives. That will actually hasten the coming of Christ. Did you know that the life that you live, the way that you live, the faith you have in Christ, or lack thereof, can impact when Jesus will be coming again. It says in verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So only those things that are righteous will survive the second coming of Christ. And you look in the mirror and you say, well, I have no righteousness. The righteousness that I think I have is just filthy rags to God. Are you clothed in the righteousness of Christ today? Because only Christ will stand when the fires of the tumultuous final destruction of this earth and the flaming destruction of that which is wicked finally transpires. Only that which is of Christ will stand. Christ in me, the hope of glory, will be able to stand. Because the Bible says we will be taken up in the air to meet him and go to heaven when Jesus comes again. That's a beautiful truth even whilst the things of this world are growing dimmer and more and more fading into history, the Bible says that the rulers of this world are coming to naught, are coming to nothing. The powerful, the rich, the famous, the Hollywood stars. Look at this one from the Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Walk of Fame stars. You might be familiar with the sidewalk stars that they dedicate to famous movie stars. The headline says that these stars engraved in the ground are in disrepair. They're speaking of the physical construction of the Walk of Fame. But isn't this another fitting analogy? The entertainment industry, the worldly pleasure-seeking bread-and-circus hedonism of the entertainment culture is inherently in disrepair. It's only an analogy when the actual stars in the sidewalk start to look kind of scuffed and ugly. There's really a demonic ugliness to the entire entertainment industry to begin with. So the Bible says only those things that are of Christ will stand. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, what manner of person ought ye be in all holy conversation and godliness? 
looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Beholding Christ, receiving his righteousness, we will be ready for that coming of Christ. And we will hasten it. We will speed it. Because once the world hears the three angels' messages, once everybody has had an opportunity to take their stand with Christ, every soul could be saved. God does not want any to perish. He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to a knowledge of the truth. But everybody must hear, make a decision, and when the character of Christ is finally manifest in his people, to the point where we are doing his work, living his life, then he can come to claim us as his own. But you see the weeds and the wheat growing together. You see wickedness, evil, oppression, darkness enveloping the globe. As if the Spirit of God himself is being withdrawn from the impenitent. Perfect example in the recent news once again. Somali refugee Abdul Razak Ali Artan, as you know, in Ohio, Ohio State University, drove his car over the curb into a crowd indiscriminately started stabbing and slashing people. I mean, you've got to say this is demonically inspired. Absolutely, because Satan himself was a murderer from the beginning. This is the same Abdul Razak Ali Artan who had praised Al-Qaeda Islamic cleric Anwar al-Awlaki. If you don't follow and memorize all of these names in current events, basically... This is an ideology of hate and violence, and it has, it's the opposite of the message of Jesus, which is no surprise that we see these two philosophies coming to a head in our world. You have selfishness, destruction, terrorism, hedonism, betrayal, sin, immorality, and a, just a, a general self-centered living that is beginning to occupy and take over the masses of this world. Christ calls us to come apart and be separate, to love our neighbor, regardless of who they are or where they're from or what they believe, to live the life of Christ out in our own homes, sometimes the hardest place to show self-sacrificing love. Which side of this great controversy will we find ourselves on? Speaking of self-centered hedonism, though, as the world seems to be marching off the cliff as one uniform, mentally ill, mass, groupthink mind, Black Friday, it doesn't get any better than Black Friday for examples of this hedonistic fury that can take over otherwise civilized populations. They literally have a death count on Black Friday. New York Post reported an Atlantis, Atlantic City man was fatally shot and his brother was wounded in the parking lot of a New Jersey mall. One of at least two fatal Black Friday-related shootings nationwide, officials said. That was at the time there were two. Reno, Nevada, a Walmart customer was gunned down during a fight over a parking spot just after doors were opened Thursday night. In Tennessee, a person was also shot Thursday at a Memphis mall while shoppers were taking part in early Black Friday sales. And the American Mirror reported, Walmart shopper tries to kick child on Black Friday. It's very 
very sad and 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 not just these headlines in in the new series we're working on producing right now which is actually going to be released by the end of the month of December 2016 it's called second beast rising we've got a compilation of some of the most eye-opening black friday clips sort of a montage a best of and it's under the heading cultural collapse disorder as you witness second timothy 3 being fulfilled before our very eyes the perilous times in which we live where human beings are just given over to total rampant mental illness of a mass order black friday crowds trampling people and so on also in recent news we've seen the death of fidel castro ruled the nation of Cuba, of course, for half a century. The amazing thing about that news item was the sheer number of people in Western governmental positions, mainstream media positions, who actually praised Fidel Castro as a champion of social justice, as a George Washington of the nation of Cuba who advanced great causes. The Pope himself had nothing to say in critique of the regime of Cuba. He had previously visited Cuba. This was a prison island. Tens of thousands of people died trying to escape. Very sad, sad place. So what do we make of that? We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults... These parents were almost always theologically conservative, meaning they actually believe the Bible is true, and they spent time studying their Bibles. Makes sense, right? If we don't love the Scriptures, why would our children love the Bible? Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, Parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. And we are back. This is Scott Ritzema with 11th Hour Dispatch. And the website is 11thHourDispatch.com. In the new DVD series called Second Beast Rising, we cover a lot of the types of information we've been looking at on this broadcast, including the topic of of economic philosophy and understanding the nature of property ownership and the biblical commandment in the Ten Commandments that says, Thou shalt not steal. Now, of course, the communist regime of Cuba 
and any other place where human rights and individual liberty and freedom, religious freedom, property rights are not respected, is a, is a tragedy and a scourge upon the earth. And that's something that you ask Cubans who've escaped the regime and pretty much universally, they say, yeah, that was one of those evil dictatorships upon the earth. The Bible says, put not your trust in princes. You don't empower a central ruler or a central governmental entity to control such vast swaths of the society. You leave individuals and families and churches and businesses and communities largely leave people alone is the principle of a free society. Well, a totalitarian government does the opposite. It seeks to control every aspect of society and to shut down any dissent, any voices that may say, wait a minute, maybe this chokehold and stranglehold on the people is not something that is a healthy thing for a society. Maybe the government itself shouldn't be above the law. Well, that's an idea that certainly we embrace here in the United States of America, and it's inspired people worldwide to, uh, to, to aspire for the ideals of individual freedom. But where did that concept originate to begin with? Well, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God himself is a God of love, a God who recognizes and grants unto us the freedom of, of the will to choose. And so we are offered, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. What a beautiful principle in God's government. On health news, this headline really struck me, no pun intended, stroke rates rising in younger people. So we're seeing strokes increase at younger and younger ages. And we know every form of betraying the godly principles for how to live in a healthy way, the natural laws upon which our health is based, all of that casting aside of the restraint of God's health laws is increasing the chances and the likelihood for all of these modern manifestations and scourges upon the health of a society, the physical health of the people. But speaking of these big apocalyptic type of events like the natural disasters that we looked at and the breakdown of the civil society. World Net Daily reported, what do they know? Mega rich preparing for disaster. In an ominous sign for social stability, it's the mega wealthy who have become the most most enthusiastic preppers. That means preparedness minded people. People who are country living minded, grow your own food, and then they can get really, you know, extreme with it and have underground bunkers and all of that kind of thing. Widespread media reports, as well as independent investigations from groups such as New World Wealth, suggest the following. Wealthy people around the globe are quietly moving away from major cities because of fears of social instability, increasing crime, terrorism, rising racial tensions, and that's just to name a few. In one of the early sessions, it's actually the very first session of Second Beast Rising. It's on disc one. We've recorded that 
edited that. That one's coming out very soon. The first eight discs of the 24-disc series, Second Beast Rising, are coming out this month. And the first disc is all about this issue of what's going on with the global elite and the billionaires and all these people in the know. They are some of the the biggest preparedness-minded people around, and they're citing all of these basically biblically prophetic types of global crises that they anticipate to be coming in the near future. We don't know how near it is. We've got angels at the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of strife for the time being, but that time being could be cut short at any moment. We don't get a timeline for when things will transpire, but the elite are privy to a lot of information and knowledge that the rest of us aren't. So we get into that whole thing in terms of the emerging global crisis, much of which could have nothing to do with these geopolitical and civil unrest and economic collapse sorts of scenarios, but it could just be UK Express reports this this week. Tech blackout. Huge solar storm, which could wipe out modern technology expected by 2020. And it goes on to say there's a one in eight chance, the experts estimate, of a huge super solar storm, a solar superstorm, in by the year 2020, which if you had a wipe out of the power grid, that would have unbelievably catastrophic implications for civilized society. You would have to remove the word civilized from that phrase because it would very quickly become absolutely animalistic like you see in scenarios where people are starving and they're in enclosed besieged cities and you start seeing cannibalism in every form of just unbelievable degradation of of what we thought was civilization. But as the phrase goes, the veneer of civilization is very thin. You put people in that type of grid-down scenario that they're saying there's a 1 in 8 chance of it happening by 2020 because of a superstorm, solar storm, like a Carrington event that took place in the 19th century, wiped out all the telegraph machines, nothing electronic worked. Back then, it wasn't a very big deal because society wasn't so based upon electronics. But today, uh, gas stations, everything, your trucking, your grocery stores, I mean, everything grinds to a halt without electricity. So we get into that topic as well in Second Beast Rising, just how serious of a danger is that. And you don't bring up that topic, of course, to just make us all have an emotion of fear. I mean, the Bible says perfect love drives out all fear. So we would never want to live with a sense of fear or impending doom and dread. I mean, the Bible talks about God's judgments to give us a wake-up call, and the signs of the times are pretty alarming when you read about them. But that's just to get us into the Word and trusting in Jesus, not to get us into a panic and fear mode. And yes, it's wise and prudent to live in the country. It's healthy. It's good for kids. It's good to be self-reliant and exercise noble independence in terms of being self-sustaining. But that doesn't make that issue our obsessive focus. And it certainly shouldn't get us in that state of brain activity of fear because that impairs frontal lobe function, which is where we want to be exercising our spiritual our spiritual focus on Jesus and his soon coming. So that's the good news. You want some hope. 
in the midst of all the, I mean, everything you read about in the world is 90% of it's bad because, well, this world is falling apart, as we know, biblically, prophetically. So many people wandering after the beast, going on the broad road to destruction, and there is destruction coming. Uh, but the but but when we behold Christ, the hope, the good news is He has triumphed. The the Lamb, the 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 Lion of the tribe of, of Judah has has triumphed. He has overcome. It's done. Victory has been won. It's just a matter of finishing the work of telling people about this good news. And then when they learn and hear it, we all go home. Okay. So this is this is such a happy ending. This is and we're at the ending. It's 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 already there in God's mind. We just are playing out the final scenes that He has already declared will happen. CNS News reports. French lawmakers debating a bill to criminalize online pro-life advocacy. So this is a sad news headline for two reasons. Number one, criminalizing any political speech is, is, is a threat to freedom of speech in general. But this would be especially targeting speech online that is advocating for a pro-life position, meaning taking a position against abortion in France if this bill passes. It would criminalize online pro-life advocating, advocating for pro-life causes on the Internet. Pretty serious threat to freedom of speech there in France. In Oregon, you might say, well, this isn't the end of the world. This isn't a huge freedom of speech issue, but it's just a, an example of the trend in society. Oregon school district bans Santa and religious-themed Christmas decorations. We will not be holding a door decorating contest this year. The school district said, this is EAG News, you may still decorate your door or office if you like, they said, but we ask that you be respectful and sensitive to diverse perspectives and beliefs of, of our community and refrain from using religious-themed decorations or images like Santa Claus. Now, I'm like one of the greatest enemies of the Santa Claus concept in families with children where we lie to our children about this fictitious nonsense. So, not a big fan of Santa, but... Isn't it interesting that in, in, in the secular world, in the public sphere, the public sector, there's an attack now even on Santa Claus, which you can understand if they're trying to do separation of church and state. You don't want too much you know, advocating and pushing of religion in the public sector because that can backfire. And all of a sudden you have the coercive force of government married to the church and they're enforcing false Christianity. So you don't want to make a deal with the devil to try and push your way because that can that can then be oppressing God's commandment keeping people in the last days. So you understand the you know let's temper the 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 state sponsored religious expressions, but Santa not even religious. So notice the statement was be respectful and sensitive to diverse perspectives and beliefs in the community. So in other words there's people from various cultures and they might not understand the Santa Claus concept that we have here in America. And so we're going to do away with Santa Claus. So in other words, having a culture that might not be understood or might be offending somebody is now hate speech, whatever you'd call it, that needs to be done away with. It's the continued march of what they call politically political correctness, which is in general a movement that is a very serious threat to freedom of speech, where only certain uh, baptized or, or, or accepted forms of speech are, are permitted, which this li links right in with this Reuters news article. Facebook Incorporated is working on automatically flagging 
offensive material in live video streams, building on a growing effort to use artificial intelligence to monitor content. This was according to one of the Facebook uh, directors. So the social media company has been embroiled in a number of content moderation controversies this year. Yeah, censoring content and saying, well, that's offensive. We're going to have AI technology flag something as, quote, offensive. You can imagine maybe certain biblical passages, maybe the Bible condemning sin. This could be identified as offensive, as they call it. So religion, religious liberty, freedom of speech, these are in danger. Let's use them while we've still got them. Behold Jesus Christ today. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. If you've ever noticed, a lot of the music these days is highly repetitive. Even in Christian circles, our worship songs, if you're having a mantra, saying a line over and over again, and that highly repetitive thing, according to musicologists, shuts down the human mind. Now, do you know what the word music means? Muse. Where, is that, where does that word come from? What does muse mean? It means to think. So if we're engaged in some sort of musical style that is shutting down our thinking, this is no longer music. Unless it's promoting thought, unless it's stimulating frontal lobe activity, it is not music. It's something else. It's spiritualism. In fact, we read from Juanita McElwin, a musicologist, that rock-style music bypasses the frontal lobe and our ability to reason and make judgments about it. This music, like television, can produce a hypnotic effect. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.